You can't just let it slip. You can't just forget that detail. That the police let this happen, and now all they want to talk about is gun control. They don't want to talk about why the fuck didn't the police step in? Who gave them that order not to step in? Who was behind that and why? And in the case of this this Uvalde shooting, I think we owe it to the victims and their families to not just repeat what we hear on the news, not just argue with one another about what the president then puts out in response. We need to be adults here and we need to look at some very, very basic points here. We need to say, this shouldn't have happened. This didn't need to happen. But it happened. Why? Why? And if we don't get an answer to that, we need to be very, very suspicious. Because I can't think of a reasonable explanation. And the only thing that makes sense to me at all as terrible as it is, is that people wanted this to happen. Welcome to class with Teacher Nico. Let's begin. Hi, in today's class, I would like to discuss something that is going to be considered highly controversial and highly bannable, but I just want to put forth a personal opinion. An insight, a possibility. I'm not going to make any claims that I know this happened, of course, but I just want to state what I think because to me it seems very plausible, a very plausible, disturbing possibility. There was recently, as I'm sure you've been told by now, another terrible mass shooting at a school in a city called Uvalde, Texas. The media immediately spun this into a very simplified narrative where none of the details were relevant. All we needed to know was lone gunman did terrible thing because he was able to buy guns. And if he wasn't, we wouldn't have had that. Hence, we need to take away the guns. And this is a sentiment that I've heard repeated by people. It's as if they copy and paste what they hear on the news and state it as their own opinion. Take away the guns. Problem solved. I'd like to present the possibility, and I will explain why I I think this might have happened, that this event was engineered to intentionally create a catalyst for the passage of restrictive gun control, for the purposes of disarming the public. Since Machiavelli, it's been common knowledge that if you want to control a kingdom, it's better if the population is not armed. It's a lot easier to control people if their ability to retaliate is limited. Common sense, right? So whenever we hear a presentation, the idea of enhanced gun control, as a means of protecting us from one another, we need to reflect on the overall truth 
that the reason we have in America the right to keep and bear arms, and the reason that was enshrined in the Constitution and the Second Amendment, meaning of supreme importance, of fundamental importance to the establishment of this nation, the population must retain the right to defend itself against its own government. This is a point I've been talking about for years because it's crazy to me that no one seems to know that. When you listen to President Biden talk about gun rights, he laughs it off as, how crazy is it that you would want a, a rifle, an assault rifle, something deadly when all you need is a 22 caliber pistol to defend yourself or uh, maybe a, a rifle to hunt a deer, but there's no reason for anything uh, any more dramatic than that. Everything else is simply a tool for Americans to use to harm other Americans. It's an oversimplification and a complete oversight of the actual purpose of the Second Amendment. It's to defend yourself against both your own government and, of course, anyone who might want to invade. That's what makes America one of the safest countries in the world. It's not our military. Our military is, in many cases, the reason we have enemies. They go abroad and fight wars that often have nothing to do with protecting us or our freedoms or spreading democracy or any of the reasons they claim. These are simply, I don't, I don't want to speak badly of our military because I, I come from that background. I, I, I have a deep respect and, and reverence for the people who choose to serve, and, and they go into it with the purest of intentions in almost every case. But our military is not used to keep us safe. Our military is used as an instrument of expansion of empire, defensive empire, and private, corporate, and personal interests of the people up top. I feel like that's not really controversial to say anymore. But the only reason you need to disarm the public is if you're afraid that they're going to fight back if you push too far. Our government in America has pushed very far in recent years, citing the, let's call it the sickness, right? I like just, I hear people just call it that, right? To avoid getting too into the weeds about it, right? The sickness, wherever it came from, let's not even focus on that. Let's not even worry about if it was intentional or came from a lab, this and that. They used the sickness as a reason to enact very strict controls on society, turning us into a country that resembles, say, China much more. Enhanced surveillance, uh, enhanced rules, enhanced restrictions, enhanced limitations, uh, cessation of freedoms, forcing us to surrender rights, forcing us to accept new norms, including immense pressure to undergo medical procedures, okay? I won't even use the V word, okay? But we all know what I'm talking about. And I don't want us to forget that as we move out of this and hopefully don't remain in it.
we cannot forget how we were lied to and how we're still being lied to and how the details are being covered up and how we're not being told of all the interests of the people who have been profiting from the sickness. How is this at all related to gun rights? Well, I think it's all tied into an overall grab for power. And I think, let's just say the reason I am very suspicious of the Uvalde shooting story is that I've been made aware that there were police officers surrounding the school for about an hour while this shooting took place. Not only did they fail to do their sworn duty to protect the people, the most innocent people, the most vulnerable people, people who were forced by law to be at that school, a public school, which in my opinion, the government, if they're going to force you to put your kids somewhere, they have a responsibility to ensure they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep them safe. They failed miserably in that respect. After the Columbine shooting, police changed tactics. You may not know this, but the Columbine shooting was similar. They were in the school for a very long time and had a long time to do what they did. It was the first well-known mass public uh, school shooting, right, by, by kids. And police did not know how to respond to it because it was without precedent. So they treated it like a hostage situation. They surrounded the building. They sealed off the perimeter. They expected to be able to negotiate and to try to resolve the situation by those means. And by the time, you know, what happened happened, uh, it was clear that that had been the wrong way to address the problem. So police changed tactics. They began training to respond to school shootings in a very different way. The new procedure, and I believe this is nationwide, is that if you know there's an active shooter in a school, you don't wait. You go in. You send in officers, guns drawn, go at them. Because what's going to happen, almost every case they're going to shoot themselves as soon as they're met with resistance. That's what should have happened. That's what was meant to happen. That's what everyone was trained to do. But they chose not to do it. And not only were police officers and, to my understanding, a SWAT team standing by outside as this guy took his time for an hour shooting people. They prevented parents from going in to rescue their children because the police were refusing to. I'm told parents were in handcuffs. So the police were not only refusing to help, they were stopping people from stepping in and doing it themselves. It wasn't until Border Patrol agents, off-duty Border Patrol came and handled the situation themselves that the shooter was finally stopped. This could have happened immediately, but it took an outside Border 
patrol agents to come in and do it themselves. What does that tell you? To me, it's very clear. I shouldn't say it's very clear, okay? Because I'm about to allege something very serious. But to me, what this looks like is the police, for whatever reason, were instructed, ordered, forced, chose to allow the shooting to happen. They wanted to allow this to take place. Maybe it was supposed to take place a lot faster than it did, and they really had to stall. But for whatever reason, it seems to me the police wanted this shooting to be carried out. It's really hard to say that because it sounds so terrible and unbelievable. But what else is it? Why else would police not do their job and not allow private citizens to rescue their own children? Why? Can you think of one good reason? Because I can't. Now, when I see the result of that incident being immediately used to push a narrative that we need gun control, that we need to pass legislation to take away people's guns, when I hear the president of the United States talking about how there's no need for people to have 9 millimeter caliber ammunition, which is the most popular ammunition in the country, it is what most, not most, but a lot of guns are 9 millimeter. To people who don't know anything about guns, they might hear that and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, the truth is, when you say that, you're revealing that your intention is to disarm the public. Because that's not even a high caliber. That's a very standard round. He thinks 9mm ammunition shouldn't be allowed. The agenda is clear. It's to disarm us. And to use tragedies, the worst tragedies you could think of, to justify it through fear. The takeaway from this shooting is not we need to take away people's guns and prevent them from getting guns to stop this from happening. The takeaway is we need people who have guns to be allowed to go address these situations when they happen as quickly as possible. And those people should ideally be law enforcement. But if law enforcement refuses to act, it comes on the people to fill that role. It's obvious to me, and my heart goes out to any parent in that situation. I can't imagine the frustration and anger and contempt you must be feeling. Knowing that your children couldn't, should have been saved. Maybe it could have easily been saved. But they chose to allow it to happen. So what am I getting at? I'm getting at saying, I think it's plausible, maybe even probable, that this shooting was intended to happen for political purposes. And the fact that I have to worry about what could happen to me or if I get banned and this and that for even alleging that is a problem. 
because we need to be able to talk about this. We need to be able to make these allegations and we need to be able to find the truth. But we're not. We're sold a bullshit, shortened version where they leave out the details and then they pivot it right into gun control. Alex Jones was the first well-known, I guess, victim of mass censorship. If you'll recall years ago, all of his content was banned and removed from basically all of the major sites at the same time. He was the first casualty of this censorship that has crept in to affect everyone. Why was he so hated? It's worth considering. Why is this guy, if he's just some crazy lunatic who's spouting off his bullshit, like, why is that guy such a threat to power if everything he's saying is bullshit? Obviously, it, it can't all be bullshit, can it? But one of the things that he was so severely criticized for was it wasn't even something that he believed uh, if you look into the details, but it's something that he simply talked about. I guess you would call it the possibility that what I just alleged happened uh, with the Sandy Hook shooting, that it might have been some kind of conspiracy, that it wasn't what the media was reporting, and that it might have been related to a desire to change gun laws. For making that, you know, possibility publicly known, he was censored. And the reasoning was, look how insensitive this is to the families of the victims. This is terrible. You you can't just let a guy go around saying something so terrible, right? Well, if it's not true, who cares, right? Don't listen to him. You know, you you can have that opinion. And it's fine to have that opinion. But why do you need to censor him for saying something that's not true? To me, it seems more plausible that you would want to censor that guy if it was true. Or if something like that was on the table. You didn't want people thinking about that possibility. There have been people high up in the United States government for many, many years, doing very, very bad things. And something like that is not outside the realm of possibility. I would encourage anyone listening to look into something called Operation Northwoods, I believe was the name of it. This was a plan that the Joint Chiefs of Staff all signed off on, meaning the United States military was ready to pull the trigger on this operation, pending the approval of the president, who was the president at the time, John F. Kennedy. Operation Northwoods was a plot to enact a false flag attack on America to justify a war with Cuba. The plan was to fly a remote control airliner, I believe, and crash it to give the impression that Castro had destroyed an American uh, airliner, killed all these passengers. At the same time, they were going to 
literally just go around killing innocent people and claiming that it was Castro behind it. There's the communists. Infuriate and terrify the public so that they could get behind a war with Cuba. This was ready to go. They were ready to do this. And President Kennedy said no. And President Kennedy said, we need to dismantle the CIA. And he said, we can't do this. And what happened to him? He got killed. He got killed by the CIA. Look into it. Watch Oliver Stone's documentary, JFK Revisited. You'll see exactly what I mean. It was Dulles. Dulles was behind it. Look into the Dulles brothers. There's so many things about JFK's murder and the cover-up that followed that if you look at the details, it's abundantly clear the public was completely lied to about this. And to this day still is. To this day, the files about JFK's assassination are classified for national security. (laughs) Half a century later, how many, how many hundreds of years need to pass before it's now safe for us to know what happened? It's incredible that they were able to get away with this for so long, but they kind of did. And all the people who were involved in it are probably dead by now. There's no consequences for them to face. But we live in the legacy of that behavior. And if they were doing that back then, if they were planning false flag attacks on our own country, if they're assassinating our own presidents, if they're going out of their way to do despicable, terrible things to justify their political agenda, why shouldn't we consider it possible that that could still be happening today? So what do we do with this? Well, for one, I think it's important for us to be reasonable with one another and to avoid the temptation to fall into a very simple argument that's laid out for us. We are meant to fall on one of two sides of this. We're meant to say there should be absolutely no change in gun control or we're meant to say we absolutely need to change gun control laws. There's two extremes. Those are the two options. Really, there could be a much more nuanced look at this because, yeah, you could definitely make a case that you need to be a little more suspicious of, uh, say, a high school kid buying, uh, you know, high-capacity rifles and thousands of rounds of ammunition or something like that. Look, I get it. Keep an eye on the guy, maybe. But really, what we need is to simply stand up and protect our fucking kids. If school shootings are a real possibility, we need to have people who can stop them ready, willing, and able to do that. In my opinion, and I've been saying this for a long time, there should be an armed trained, courageous individual, at least one person in every public school for the purpose of both deterring 
in defending against these type of actions. I could see a wonderful program where you take all kinds of um, retired or unemployed military veterans and police officers and you piece together a framework for keeping someone there to defend the kids at all times. And I don't want to hear, oh, we don't want our kids to see people with guns. No, we don't want our kids to see people with guns if they're about to shoot them. Let's be honest. We do want people there with guns who can protect them. There should be absolutely no controversy here. You're not going to take away all the guns. You're not going to prevent people from being able to access them, especially criminals. But what you can do is you can protect people. There should be a push for that. That should be the priority. We can all get on that that same page together, I think. And also to discuss gun control, sure. But why isn't that a proposed solution? Hey, wouldn't it have helped if we had people in the school that could have stopped this? Because apparently the police had no interest in doing so. This is the type of thing that's so outrageous, you can't just let it slip. You can't just forget that detail that the police let this happen and now all they want to talk about is gun control. They don't want to talk about why the fuck didn't the police step in? Who gave them that order not to step in? Who is behind that and why? If there's a very severe desire to censor someone, there's a reason. So if Alex Jones is not allowed to make that allegation and he's punished for it severely, it's definitely worth looking at what was that allegation. And if it was true, would it make sense that some people were very very uncomfortable with people thinking about it. I don't know any details about the Sandy Hook thing one way or another that, that's worth talking about. But what I do know is that we're not supposed to think about the possibility people in our own government could be behind something so atrocious. And if we look at the details, I bet we would find some weird stuff. And in the case of this this Uvalde shooting, I think we owe it to the victims and their families to not just repeat what we hear on the news, not just argue with one another about what the president then puts out in response. We need to be adults here, and we need to look at some very, very basic points here. We need to say, This shouldn't have happened. This didn't need to happen. But it happened. Why? Why? And if we don't get an answer to that, we need to be very, very suspicious. Because I can't think of a reasonable explanation. And the only thing that makes sense to me at all, as terrible as it is, is that people wanted this to happen. Because they needed some high numbers. They needed something really fucked up to justify another push for gun control. I'm very sorry this happened. 
I am. And it's very scary to me that anyone can do it. You know, that's a fact about our country that's very scary. Literally any anyone who's doesn't have a criminal record and is over 18 years old can walk into a gun store and buy some buy some deadly stuff, right? That's scary. A lot of countries aren't like that. Most countries aren't like that. And there's a certain sense of peace that comes when you're in a country that that's not allowed because the odds of that happening are obviously less. But if we're going to make that trade-off, which we have historically, and in my opinion, it is unfortunately a trade-off that I would err toward making, allowing us to live in a more dangerous place to protect us from much more dangerous things happening on a wider scale. If we're going to live in that country, rather than trying to turn it on its head and say, let's take that ability away from all the citizens and only allow the government, only allow the police to have that power, Look at what you're advocating. You're advocating making it so the only people that could have stopped it are those people that stood outside and did not. That's what gun control gets you. It means only a few people have that power. And if they choose not to use it, too bad. And if they choose to use it, too bad. I don't think this is going to succeed. I don't think that it's going to have what may be the intended effect. I think it's going to backfire. I really hope it does. And I hope the truth comes out about what happened and why. What I do know is we need to use our common sense here. And we need to stop taking our direction from liars, from the media. We need to stop taking direction from that so if they tell us this terrible thing happened okay that's the news the news isn't so now what do we do about it politically no 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 that's a separate thing the news is this happened start with that how could have that been prevented specifically not how could you make it so no one ever had a gun in the first place how could that guy have been stopped in the most immediate sense well sending police in would have done the trick wouldn't it then that's what should have happened. Beyond that, what else could have happened? Well, maybe if there were more resources, if there was more screening for mental health, if there was more treatment available, if we knew more about the effects of psychotropic drugs, if we knew about the effects of these antidepressants that all of these shooters are on. Um, And look, I'm not someone who says we shouldn't be allowed to have antidepressants. I've taken them myself. But There's a correlation, isn't there? Why isn't that ever looked into? Is it just that people who are really depressed do this? Or is it possible that people who are really depressed get on a medication that dulls their conscience, dulls their sensibilities, like warps them in some way that they could do something so horrible without the normal human emotion that would have prevented it, without the normal conscience that would have presented it? 
I know a lot of strange things can happen when people take these antidepressants and you can lose your, I guess, ability to really feel at all. And that can be better for some people than feeling terrible. But maybe in certain circumstances, that leaves people capable of atrocities they never would have otherwise committed. So why don't we look into that? Why don't we protect the kids? Why don't we try to make resources available to find people who are so troubled that they would ever resort to something so horrible and find a way to help them before it ever gets near that point? These are all very possible, practical, to me, obvious steps that could and should be taken. But I never hear that talked about. All I hear is, okay, this is the new political agenda. Take away guns. And that leads me to believe that that's all they care about. That The objective is not to protect the kids. The objective is not to make this a safer country. The objective is to make it safer for the people up top. Because a disarmed population is a lot easier to control than an armed one. A disarmed population is a lot easier to invade than an armed one. And who do I think could possibly invade us? Well, I don't think any country would be crazy enough to do that uh, today. <laughs> I, I don't. I think we saw if, if people in Afghanistan could defeat the largest military in the world, uh, the Americans and the Russians, right? If, if those guys could do it with what they could, you know, piece together, well... I'm pretty sure fucking nobody could take over America because if 1% of Americans, you know, adopted similar tactics and, and fought back, well, we all happen to have guns, so that would be pretty easy. No country is going to invade us and take us over, not by traditional means. So what's the real threat? The real threat, in my opinion, is an international collaboration that asserts dominance over all countries. Some type of confederation, some type of alliance that asserts itself as superior to your state and federal government even. I'm talking about something like how the World Health Organization wants to have these international treaties that would allow uh, them to enforce these health regulations regardless of individual countries' laws. I'm talking about NATO. I'm talking about these international peacekeeping forces. What would happen if they were invited to come and enforce an international agenda, even in America? If the American people are not allowed to have guns anymore. Well, I could see that maybe working. I could see that possibly being pulled off. If it was sold by our own government as necessary, and in so given a, I guess, even legal justification, I could see us falling under the hands of international elite, basically. Whoever controls that international force could then dominate many countries, including our own, if we surrender both our ability to fight back and our will to do anything if that comes to that. 
They were testing the boundaries during the sickness, in my opinion. They were pushing people as far as they could before they broke. They were telling them things that we've never been told. You can't go here. There's curfews now. You have to wear this. You you can't be near people. You can't, like making all these choices for people as if they're too stupid to do it themselves. Obviously, all of us could stay away from each other if we choose to. All of us can wear masks if we choose to. All of us can get, you know, shots if we choose to. But this was the first time I've ever seen the government walk in and say, no, you have to. And we're going to use the might of the state to force you to do that. We're going to wage economic warfare on our own people. We're going to stratify society. We're going to turn people against one another to enforce these rules and regulations coming down from unelected public officials, bureaucrats who have held those positions for decades, made millions and millions of dollars profiting off of these kind of events. They're the ones who get to choose what the rules are. And the government helped enforce them with everything it had at its disposal. Coming short of countries like China where well, people had absolutely no choice. You're going to do whatever the government says because what are you going to do about it? Here it's a little different. Here they couldn't quite take it that far. I think the main reason is they knew the public was still armed and they knew there was still at least in some people a will to resist that wouldn't justify it. I mean, good luck telling telling Americans to go, you know, fight Americans to protect Americans. Like it it doesn't make any sense. Good luck enforcing that. If it was an international force on the other hand, it might be a different equation. So I would caution us to be very very skeptical of any push toward any international agency, especially a new one, coming in and saying now they have the authority to enforce these rules and restrictions, especially if they're not enacted by the democratic process. I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to put that out there because I think someday people are going to look back and they're going to be like, man, I can't believe that happened. But, you know, at least I'm one of the few people that at this stage was talking like this and saying, hey, I think this might be what it is. I'm just going to call a spade a spade. I can't think of a, of a plausible reason you would allow 19 kids to get shot stand outside the building for an hour. Well, it happened. Until border security agents who you couldn't arrest, or they maybe would have, you couldn't stop from going in, did it on their own, and got the job done. God bless those people. Thank you to those people who stood up and did what needed to be done. And it's such a tragedy that no one did it until they showed up. In my takeaway from this, is that my kid is never going to a public school unless I know for a fact there's someone there who would defend them. And I want a gun because I want to be able to protect my family. I want to be able to protect myself 
I don't want to have to depend on police. I don't want to have to depend on a military that could be corrupted, that could be manipulated, that could be turned against you. We have to take responsibility for our own lives and the lives of our families. And we have to be willing to step in to protect them. If anything like this ever happens again, I hope there are parents who go home and get their gun and show up and fucking go in and handle it. If the police are outside eating sandwiches, watching, you know, until the guy shoots himself and they can go home. It's fucking terrible. It's crazy and it's unbelievable. And I'm, you know, it's a downer. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a big downer. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that they're resorting to such extreme measures and still failing. And I think if we can push through this and we can push through what may be a series of false flag attacks on us, uh, taking the form of these kind of shootings and, and who knows what else right? A lot of wars that we've gotten into over the years have had a false flag element. Uh, Some of them by now public knowledge, some of them suspected, but all of them have had a component of government wanting something bad to happen if they didn't do it themselves to justify doing whatever it is they already wanted to do. You want to go to war somewhere? Well, why? I guess there's got to be some reason that we need to invade this place. Scare the people, make something bad happen, or let something bad happen, and then we'll get a green light. We got to be cautious of that. We got to be wary of that, and we got to resist that. And if we can learn to defend ourselves, well, those stories don't hold so much weight, do they? They say, well, I'm not so worried about someone coming here and hurting my family because I'm ready to protect them. And I have police here and I have a military that's hopefully going to help too. But first and foremost, it's my responsibility to protect myself and my family. And we need to protect our right to do that. So when we hear about gun control in this language that suggests it's a very simple, clear solution and, you know, yeah, if if this guy didn't have this gun, this never would have happened. So no one should have him. It's tempting to give in to that, especially if you're surrounded by people who feel that way and think that way. And especially if you live somewhere where you already don't have those rights, you know, you don't miss them. If you live in New York where, you know, they've found a way to, for all intents and purposes, make guns illegal for law-abiding citizens. And, you know, I get it. I understand why, you know, you might want that, but it's easy when that's what you're used to, to say, yeah, everyone should live under these rules. No, they shouldn't. No, you gotta let the states make their own choices. You gotta let you gotta let small government work. I think if the people in New York choose that and they want to entrust their lives solely to the police, well, okay. But that doesn't mean it should apply to the people in the Midwest, to the people in the South, to the people who live in remote areas where, you know, Police aren't going to show up for a half hour or an hour and they're not going to be able to do much. No, we got to stop giving away 
our own ability to protect ourselves because we're afraid and we like the idea that somebody else is going to step in and do it for us. No, the people that step in and do it for us are people too. They get scared too. They got to worry about themselves too. They got to worry about their families too. I don't expect the police to just show up and risk their life no matter what if I give them a phone call. I'm not entitled to, to that. I'm not entitled to, especially if we don't pay police well, especially if we don't respect them in many cases, especially if they're demonized and they're, they're targeted and they're, you know, if they have so much to worry about, well, I don't expect them to just step in and risk their life for me, no matter what, risk their life for my kids. Because, you know, they got to worry about their families too. They got to worry about daddy not coming home because he, you know, walked into a situation uh, prematurely. They have their own concerns. And we should be very appreciative that there are people out there who would do that for us. But we cannot rely on them doing that. We cannot entrust others to do what we could do for ourselves. And so what we need in this country is a renewed sense of compassion for one another, renewed sense of vigilance, of self-determination, of responsibility. And we need to stop the government from taking away our ability and our right to do things for ourselves, especially when those things are as basic as making choices about our own health and about our own safety. We cannot accept a totalitarian state in this country, or this country doesn't exist anymore. It's something else. There are benefits to that kind of government. I'll be the first to admit, there are things China does very, very well that we do very, very poorly. There are many benefits to having that form of government, but it's not what I want here. It's not what I think is in the best interest of the people here. And until we reach a place where we're all doing okay, you know, we do have to worry about people in society who are ill, who are desperate, who are deranged. From, we have to worry about them doing things to us. And we have to be able to protect ourselves and each other if and when that happens. And we can do a lot to reduce the amount of people that would ever do something like that if we are more compassionate, if people who have mental health problems are getting treatment, if we protect people's dignity, it would go a long way. And I think we can and will live in a country where these type of occurrences are extremely rare, as they should be. But every time it happens and the media makes a celebrity out of whoever the shooter was, disregards the details and frames it as something simple like, well, this is why we need gun control or this is because of racism or something very simple like that. Well, we're, we're giving in to their game. We're letting them guide us and emotionally manipulate us. You shouldn't be publicizing the names of the shooters. You shouldn't be 
making them celebrities, putting them in the papers, on TV and magazines, because you know what you're doing? You're putting that idea in everyone's head. You're putting that idea in everyone's head that, hey, by the way, uh, if you want to be famous, all you got to do is shoot a bunch of people and uh, you'll get a lot of attention. People will remember you and, you know, and, you know, that's it. And some people, very small amount, but some people are going to look at that and say, oh, that's an option. Some people are going to go through with it. And if when they do, they get the same treatment, they get the same coverage, well, it's going to be another guy who sees that and says, hey, that's on the table. It's a big mistake that we keep making over and over. And I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of our media being complicit in so many terrible things and failing to to take investigative action. I want to see stories about what the fuck were the police doing, man? I want to see stories about who the fuck said your parents can't go in if I'm not going in. Who gave that order? Who, who, like, what the hell happened here? But I don't see that reporting. I don't see that journalism. Unless it's coming from kind of obscure sources. And so that tells me we have to be very suspect of the sources of information and avoid the temptation to simply repeat what we hear them say on the news. Please don't be one of those people who just argues with other people's words coming out of their mouth. Don't just repeat catchy things that you've heard a lot, even though that's what it's designed to make you do, and what you're being guided toward doing. Don't copy and paste your opinions. And don't simplify things that are complex into something very simple and demean one another for not seeing it that way. We can, and I believe will, live in a safer country. And these shootings will be a thing of the past someday. I really believe that, and I really hope that. But until that day, we need to remain vigilant. And we need to hold our military, our law enforcement, to a certain standard. We need to say, look, if you guys aren't going to do it, we need to. We need to remember that we're just as capable as them taking heroic action. And if we're mentally prepared and if we are armed and if we are equipped, if we, if we know what we could do, if it ever came down to that, if we've prepared ourselves individually, a hell of a lot harder for anyone to pull this kind of thing off. And if they did, it would be, you know, they'd put an end to it very quickly. There's absolutely no reason I should ever hear the police were standing outside while this is happening, especially when there's lots of them, especially for a very long time. And when we learn those details, we cannot forget it. We cannot let it go. We cannot allow ourselves to accept that as the status quo that we're going to live in a country where that's okay. And where we use that as justification to reduce our own rights and put more power into the hands of the people that failed to protect us and who possibly intentionally harmed us. That's the end of today's lesson. Stay classy, planet Earth. Thank you.